Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times weekly podcast on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and the big event of the week was the European Central Bank meeting and President Mario Draghi's thoughts on whether tapering is or is not more likely. With me to discuss this is forex strategist Valentin Malinov of Credit Agricole. Valentin, you predicted earlier this week that Mr Draghi would be cautious and that he would mention the euro's appreciation. You were right on both accounts, weren't you? Yeah, it is the case that on the back of that euro appreciation, we did see quite a sharp tightening in the eurozone financial conditions and that we were expecting the governing council and Draghi, uh, of course, to be mindful of that when uh, they started the press conference. Except we also expected the euro to fall. Now, we're actually recording this just within the hour since the ECB meeting. At the moment, the euro is up at 115.70. We could see the euro fall um, later on this week, but... There is, are you surprised that the euro went up after his uh, well, statement to, and his comments? To, to a point. I mean, Draghi did try to talk down the euro uh, within the limitations uh, that the current uh, international environment is imposing on him, uh, really the protectionism coming out of the US. He was very cautious, uh, really, in his approach. And that may be the reason why uh, the euro didn't really collapse when uh, the was mentioned, the mm. currency appreciation. Importantly, however, what also transpired uh, for the press conference is that taper is coming. And uh, at least at the current levels, the euro is not the worry uh, for the ECB. Potentially, there are other risks ahead. But uh, it seems like that the governing council may be willing to tolerate some further tightening in the financial conditions before they turn more cautious. It, it's all in the terminology and the wording, because yeah. actually the market didn't really learn anything new from the ECB. And they took that as as to conclude, well, if there's nothing new to learn, then we're still on course yeah, for September. Indeed, and that confirms the pattern. I mean, if you were to trace the euro performance in the last four or five weeks, right? The big jumps in euro dollar were always on the back of releases of, say, ECB speeches, right? Where investors were really kind of going through the wording of the speech. And the moment they found out that the ECB has no intention of standing in the way of any further euro gains, the euro was rallying. You could say that the press conference in itself did not sound as if Draghi was overly worried about the euro. They're monitoring the developments in the financial markets, but we are not at a stage where express outright worry about well, it and he, that was yes you're right i mean he mentioned you know the um the, the issue about uh, euro repricing they discussed that yeah. uh, and he did say that an unwanted tightening of financial conditions is an issue so how much of an euro appreciation do you think the ecb would be willing to get to at what kind of level does it start do, do we start seeing more anti-euro rhetoric well yeah, to me, it's uh, we are getting closer to that level. I mean, I think as a reference, I like to use the Euro Trade Weighted Index, and okay. indeed, uh, especially the forward curve, the combined forward curve derived on the back of those uh, trade uh, weights. If you think that uh, uh, ECB is looking at those, but if you think they are confirmed by the end of the year 
the euro trade weighted will be 5% higher than it was a year ago, so right? So, what, 125, 120? Or? Uh, well, in terms of... So you meant the trade weighted, the, the, yeah. the, the remarkable thing is actually the forward profile is remarkably flat. Yeah. Actually, effectively, the euro doesn't have to move significantly further to the upside to appreciate by 5% by the year end just because the euro collapsed last year. So if you use ECB's pass-through estimates, that is a quarter of a percentage point drop in the ECB's projected inflation 12 months out. On the back of that, you should also consider the fact that oil prices are still well below their highs from last year. Again, if you use the future strip, right, and if these are confirmed, actually, we could be talking about 15% drop in the oil price year on year, which added to the FX appreciation, you would be talking about something like uh, half a percent drop in the uh, inflation so, projections 12 months out, which in the current, with the current levels of inflation in mind, I mean, it's a quite a big drop already. So does that mean tapering could stop as soon as it starts? Uh, well, uh, the way I would see it is that uh, there will be, they'll try to do it in a, the best way for them would be to, to be as vague as possible. That is, keeping each, that. <laughs> keep each and every step as open as possible. Yes. Like, I mean, today's meeting was a case in point. Effectively, what Draghi was trying to say was, yes, we may be thinking about that, but we're going to tell you, let you know yes. later on. So I think the ECB will try to keep it uh, uh, like this. I mean, during the whole tapering process. In other words, they won't come up with a statement, you know what, we're going to be reducing the pace mm. of purchases by, say, $10 billion per month. Rather, they're going to say, okay, you know what? We'll be reducing from 60 to 40 for three months, and then we'll reassess, and we'll let you know. At all times, keeping the optionality, at all times being able to take into account the response of the market. Yes, so it'll be a different approach to the one of the Bank of Canada, which after all said, we're going to do this, here we go, it's going to happen, and the market was was basically walked up to it, and it's going to be very different to that. Yeah, I I believe it's going to be, and it has to be, because for the ECB, they're fully conscious that the euro has further to go on the upside, right? In terms of fundamentals, our fair value model is telling us that euro dollar is still deeply undervalued. We're talking about 125, right? So from that point of view, I think the ECB is fully aware of the fact that euro has to go further to the upside. But for them, what really matters is the pace, the timing of that adjustment, and by implication, the tightening in the financial conditions that follows on the back of that. This is what they will try to manage. Give me your takeaway from this ECB meeting? What's the one thing investors have to have in mind? A QE taper is coming. That has been uh, confirmed, more or less. And at the moment, at least, the ECB is not as worried about the euro, about the tightening in the financial conditions we've seen of late. That, uh, for the time being, could indeed allow the euro to regain more ground. But I think we're getting close to a level where they try to talk down the currency. And this feeds into the general market narrative about the the retreat of QE across central banks doesn't it? This simply yeah, going to add we, add that add I to that the, thing. The big topic, uh, maybe not for this year, but next year definitely is the end of free money. Right, various central banks, the ECB, the uh, uh, the BOJ are running out of assets to buy, but other central banks like the Norges, the Riksbank, the RBA are moving closer to really abandoning uh, their their dovish uh, stance and really moving closer to towards policy normalization. And uh, the reason there really being the fact that they worry about asset price bubbles, about the buildup of corporate leverage, about the buildup of dollar debt really outside of the US, all the reasons to worry that what happens when you keep the, the conditions too loose for too long yes. a period of time, while at the same time trying to chase a dream, the dream of having 2% okay. inflation. So that 
means that in the markets at the moment, I think rates are way too low. Risky assets are a bit too expensive. And if anything, I think the adjustment to the world of higher real rates, which is going to come, I think, could be indeed followed by, by a bit of a, a kind of a wobble in risky assets. Okay. And, and next, central bank cab off the rank, as it were, might be the, the Australians? Well, it does. It did seem like, uh, judging from the minutes, right, uh, it will be pretty key to see how inflation shapes up mm. in Australia. That's, That's been week, the, 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 the big worry, mm. uh, especially the, the comments on wage inflation and indeed the fact that the Phillips curve, I mean, same as uh, everywhere, it doesn't seem to no. be working well. But the important point is, again, right, do I maintain the conditions extremely loose, hoping that it's going to hit my 2% or whatever my uh, inflation target is? Is it just a dream? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm chasing, uh, while at the same time, I'm risking it all in the sense that I'm letting all the, uh, asset, pri- the asset price bubbles in my economy continue to inflate and I'm letting uh, uh, all these valuations to get even more ridiculous. Yes. And I think... We've reached a point where the central banks have to take stock and maybe think, you know what, maybe just for the sake of us staying in the game for a bit too long, we have to take some of that accommodation back. Here's a final question for you, Valentin. Do you remember Donald Trump at the beginning of the year worrying about the strength of of the dollar against other currencies that they're all, you know, depreciating too fast. I mean, he's kind of oh, yeah. got what he wants, but without getting it the way he expected. Uh, yeah, between you and me, I mean, uh, a few clients have mentioned that business. he may be the biggest currency manipulator out there. Just his rhetoric alone could yes. be a, a kind of a, a kind of a really just responsible for what's been happening to the dollar. I mean, uh, it is uh, uh, sad, I have to say, that the reflation trade uh, did not perform uh, yes. as well as we were expecting, as many people uh, were expecting. But ultimately, I think uh, at the end of the day, the dollar could actually actually emerge as one of the winners of uh, the latest developments, right? In reality, what we're dealing with is uh, an economy at full employment with no output gap and some wage growth. Many other economies or many other central banks would love to be in the shoes of the <laughs> Fed, really. So from that point of view, I guess uh, once the political noise starts abating and indeed hopefully the data starts improving in the second half of the, like in, in coming months, I think investors will kind of, kind of warm up again. Uh, for the dollar. Okay. And I think quite important here to notice is uh, what was one of the biggest consequences of ECB QE now was the drop in treasury yields. Fact being that of the 400 billion of treasury purchases per quarter, these yes. are 12 month sums, right? Half of that came out of Europe. Now, if Draghi indeed wants to continue to move closer to taper, that money or a part of that money will go back home. Yes. This much uh, could actually drive treasury yields higher. Needless to say, the fact that the Fed will be selling treasuries before long will add to that. Then think about that. If indeed treasury yields move higher, say closer to 3%, right, which will be consistent with normalization of term premium, then an investor will be comparing 3% treasury yield with $3.5 debt issued by China or 3.2 Australian 10-year debt, right? I mean, what do you buy? Do you buy Aussie or do you buy uh, the the US dollar? So I think that uh, the the FX convergence trade, that's what's been happening yes. uh, in, in recent weeks, actually could make the dollar more attractive investment that, currency. That will probably bring a swift end to the carry trade as a result. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's part of the, the, the tightening in the financial yeah. conditions we're predicting on the back of that normalization uh, in central banks' monetary policy. Fantastic. Okay, my thanks to Valentin Marinov of Credit Agricole. Next week's highlights look like being the UK GDP and the Fed meeting, plus lots of business surveys out of the Eurozone 
and an important inflation data out of Australia, as we were discussing. We may be entering the height of summer, but markets have a lot of thinking to do. Join us again for next week's Hard Currency. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Goodbye.